1: What is up, everybody? This is episode six of the Look Ahead, brought to you by SB Nation. This is the SB Nation NFL Show. I am Rob Stats Guerrero from Niners Nation, alongside Ed Valentine of Big Blue View. What is going on, Ed? Oh, not a
2: whole lot, stats. Not a whole lot. Another week of uh, of NFL games. Really, really weird this week. No Thursday night game with the uh, with the constantly changing NFL schedule.
1: Yeah, it's uh, sort of a weird situation. We had Tuesday night football this week, no Thursday night game. Here's how it works usually on this show. What we do is we usually break down the Thursday night football game, and then we take your cue. You can vote on which games you want us to talk about. Go to SBNation.com slash reacts, or if you're on Twitter, at SBNReacts, and you can vote for the games that you most want to hear us talk about. And we pick the top three or four games every week, and those are the ones we talk about. No Thursday night football game this week. It's a little different, but we are still going to start the show with that matchup since it was supposed to be Chiefs and Bills on Thursday night. That's where we're going to go, even though they're playing Monday this week, Ed. I think, how much has your opinion of the Bills changed after they got absolutely smashed by Tennessee?
2: I'm not sure it's changed a whole lot. I mean, I what I start to wonder about is long-term, is whether or not the Buffalo defense... Is as good as I thought it was, and, and maybe are they? You know, are they good enough to to make a deep playoff run? I thought that defense, you know, with with uh, Tremaine Edmonds and and some of the other guys that they had, I thought that was a really good defense, and, and and maybe maybe I overestimated how good they are. But this game's interesting to me because both of these teams are coming off their only losses, so. I'm interested to see to
1: see how that plays out and for the bills Josh Allen had been steamrolling along this season he had been looking fantastic now he didn't play badly on Tuesday night I, I thought he was okay but when I see him I can't help but think that you're always riding the roller coaster with Josh Allen sometimes it's gonna be awesome and he's gonna be completing passes and accurate and you're gonna be flying high but there's gonna be other times when he makes those stupid bonehead plays where you go down the other side of that hill on the roller coaster and you don't know where the hell you're going to end up. And I going up against a guy like Patrick Mahomes, who basically never has a bad game. I mean, I got to go with Mahomes, even though Kansas city looked mortal for the first time. uh, I don't think that's going to happen two weeks in a row.
2: Neither do I. I'm going with the chiefs in this one. I, I think you're right. I can't see. I can't see you know two weeks in a row where, where Kansas City doesn't win. I was a little bit surprised at what I saw, you know, with uh, with Chiefs and Raiders the other day. But you know, here's the thing about Kansas City, and I'm sure that that if this is the case, I'm sure Andy Reid will figure it out. But I I think there's a little bit of a book that's starting to get formed on this Kansas City offense people are beginning to figure out that that blitzing Patrick Mahomes doesn't work and the other thing that doesn't work is rushing him to the point where he gets where you get him out of the pocket because he just runs around and he runs around and he runs around and he's got a rocket for an arm and he just runs around you know like like 1970s Fran Tarkenton you know, and, and makes plays, and, and I think what you're starting to see is teams rush fewer and fewer guys, and just sit back in coverage and crowd lanes, and and play deep safeties so that he can't throw the ball over the top, and, and try to try to make it try to make it tougher on them. And, and you're not going to stop that Kansas City offense entirely, but but I'm just starting to wonder if if that's kind of becoming the book is. Really don't rush the guy. Just sit in coverage.
1: That is exactly how I would attack if I were Buffalo. What I would say is we're going to go with the mush rush, which is something that Belichick has done sometimes against mobile quarterbacks where you're almost not even rushing to get a sack. You're just just rushing to keep him there. You're just rushing to keep him in one place. And then if you can do that and hopefully avoid him getting out on the run, you can avoid maybe some of the chunk plays. And on the other side of the ball – If I'm Buffalo on offense, I want to use Josh Allen's legs. I want to run the ball as much as I can, take some time off the clock if I can do it, and if I can hit some chunk plays of my own, all the better. I think you have to be aggressive on offense. If it's fourth and less than five and you're anywhere close to midfield, I think you have to go for it to help keep Mahomes off the field. I think you have to be aggressive in keeping Mahomes off the field and not aggressive defensively, if that makes sense
2: it does and i think i think that's the the other part of the book on on playing the chiefs and on playing anyone with a with a powerful offense like that you're not going to slow that offense all the time you have to take every opportunity that you have once you get into scoring position you can't try to play the field position game with these guys cuz they can go 95 yards in the blink of an eye if if you get inside kansas city territory and and you have an opportunity or you're you're at the 50 yard line and it's fourth and one you go for it you keep the you try to keep the football because it doesn't matter if it's if it's 50 yards or 85 yards they can cover that in the blink of an eye so you might as well just go ahead and try to keep the ball and, and get some points
1: I've said it on this podcast. I've said it on many Niners Nation podcasts because it's one of my biggest criticisms of Kyle Shanahan. In most cases, in almost all cases, field goals are failures. So many times the team that kicks more field goals loses because the other team scores touchdowns. And this just in, seven is more than three. So just, I wish coaches would get that through their head that in rare circumstances, a field goal is okay. Most of the time you should be going for it. Who
2: knew that a guy nicknamed stats could do math.
1: I (laughs) promise you that is not the reason I have this nickname. Trust me. So it's chiefs minus four in this one. Do you still like the chiefs given that spread? I'm going to take the chiefs all the way in this one. I'll take the chiefs as well. So four points is ugh, it makes me a little nervous, but I I think that Mahomes is going to come. You know, Mahomes has a little of that like F U streak in him, for lack of a better term. Like he remembers where he was ranked on the uh, top 100 countdown, and he's always listening out there to what people are saying. And I think coming off a loss, I think he's going to be a little extra motivated.
2: I would agree. I'm like if like I said, I'm going to go Kansas City to win this one, and and I'm not going to worry about the points.
1: Next up for us, Ed, is a game I'm super excited about, mostly because of the quarterback matchup. It's the Packers and the Buccaneers. It's Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers, and we're very happy to be joined by Paul Noonan from Acme Packing Company. He's going to help us break this one down. Paul, how are you doing? Doing very well this evening. Thanks for having me, guys. Thank you. Now, I look at this as obviously a quarterback matchup, but the first thing I have to ask you, because I keep hearing it about the Packers all year long, is... Aaron Rodgers is super mad that they drafted Jordan Love, and that's why he's playing so much better this season. That drives me nuts because it implies that Aaron was kind of slacking off in previous years. Do you buy that narrative? No, absolutely not. And
3: all of the differences in Aaron Rodgers this year are much more technical than they are any effort. Uh, It's much more about trusting the scheme, uh, seeing guys that are running wide open that weren't there before. It's really the kind of other... A stereotype or cliche of Matt LaFleur having another year to install his offense and getting buy-in from everybody. Like that's really the big difference from last year. Uh, Aaron Rodgers is a super smart guy. He's probably one of the nerdiest quarterbacks out there. If you listen to any interviews with him, you know, he's a big Princess Bride fan. He's really intellectual in the way he talks. I really don't, I think it's overstated how much he gets riled up by things like that. Um, he is, I think, just much more of a technician than someone who's going to let that get under his skin and drive him. The guy's a professional.
2: Now, I was going to ask you a serious question, but you just went a- and called Aaron Rodgers a nerd and talked about Princess Bride and all that stuff. So now yep. I've got to hear more about that stuff. You've got to tell me about, about Rodgers being a nerd.
3: Um, I just think he interviews much differently than a lot of other quarterbacks do. He's much more willing to give you non-cliche answers. He doesn't do as many interviews. He's on Pat McAfee show um, pretty frequently now, um, and he was previously on uh, Jason Wilde's in Wisconsin Uh, for a long time and he would really open up in those and he will really get in uh, to the depths of his personality uh, and say uh, much more controversial things than a lot of other quarterbacks will Um, i I just don't think he he cares what his public perception is he reminds me a little bit of michael jordan where he has a very well-crafted public persona on a macro level like in commercials and what people think of him but if you actually listen to him talk there's definitely an edge to him and he definitely thinks he's the smartest guy
1: in the room a lot of the time and he probably is I did like when he was on McAfee's show and he said, a down year for me is a career year for most quarterbacks. Exactly. He's kind of right. And (laughs) what's wrong with saying it if it's true? Like, I like that he kind of threw that out there. Like, yeah, I might have been down a little bit, but I'm still really good. And obviously we're seeing it this year.
3: Yeah, exactly. And it was an open question as to why he was experiencing some down seasons, uh, statistically, especially advanced statistics wise. Um, and I think it's really easy to put the blame on the Mike McCarthy offense at this point, because he has embraced um, LaFleur's completely, and he's been just absolutely dynamite in running it. Um, everything that people said was true about the, runs kind of the Shanahan offense, um, a lot of motion, a lot of big guys catching passes and very tough to defend because you put in some matchup difficulties having to account for power running and passing at the same time. Um, Shanahan typically outside of um, Matt Ryan for or in Atlanta kind of has um, less good quarterbacks. Let's say, you know, Jimmy Garoppolo is fine, but he's not great. Um, and we've never really seen a, a quarterback of this stature running this offense. It turns out when you get guys super wide open uh, by the scheme and you have a guy who hits those passes basically every time it works really well. So.
2: <laughs> I did want to ask you though. I mean, statistically and and all of that, this is the best Aaron Rodgers we've seen in several years. Are you at all surprised that he still has this left?
3: I am surprised. So I, I was a bit of a skeptic. I've watched a lot of Rodgers tape during his sort of downtime. And I will say at some time, at some points, he did look, I think, a little disinterested, especially when he had all rookie, basically fifth round receivers and a lot of drops, um, a lot of poor play. I think especially on his short passes, you saw him sort of drop his form a little bit. Um, I'm surprised he's rallied as much as he has, and I'm surprised the offense has worked as well as it has. Um, But I'm not that surprised because he's always been a great deep thrower, a great touch passer. And he's still pretty athletic, even though he's getting up there. He still moves well. Um, I feel like when he starts to lose that a little bit more, you might see a real decline. But as long as he can buy time in the pocket and kind of stretch things out, and still throws a nice deep ball, uh, it, it's it, you know he's he's not going to decline too much. That'll still be there.
1: You mentioned Matt Lafleur, so I just want to bring up: he is seventeen and three in his first twenty games as a head coach. Does he not get enough love for how good a job he's done?
3: I don't think he does. It's still relatively early, so I do kind of understand it. And when he was running the offense for Tennessee, you know, they were not anything outstanding. I think it's kind of uh, there's some built in expectations there that he was maybe not going to be that great. He was not a super well pumped up hire, but uh, he's he's been really, really, really successful at this point. It's hard to say anything bad about him. Uh, They did overachieve, I think, a little bit last year just based on point differentials and things like that. But uh, sometimes those teams take a step back. Sometimes you know they grow into the offense and they take a step forward. And um, that's rare, but it seems to have happened here. And it, you, the scheme is working. Like a lot of the success is the scheme in action. Like big guys catching passes downfield that tight ends involved that haven't been forever. Like um, when was the last good Packer tight end that anybody can recall? It's probably Jermichael Finley, like seven, eight, nine years ago, other than Jared Cook for four games um, a few years ago. Um, this is the most
1: we've seen tight tight ends involved in the offense. It's, it's new and it works really well. <laughs> we got more questions for Paul Noonan of Acme Packing Company. We'll get to the defensive side of the ball and some of the other things in Packers Bucks.
0: What does it take to be an entrepreneur and how is it changing in our ever evolving business landscape? This is Scott Galloway, host of the Prop G podcast and an entrepreneur myself
1: I got to go to the defensive side of things because my big criticism of the Packers going into the year was to me, they hadn't done anything to address the fact that they got absolutely smashed by the 49ers multiple times last year. I felt like you could run on the Packers. Has that been the case this year or have they patched it up? No, that's still not fixed. Um, it, <laughs> it, it actually seems to be part of Mike Petton's
3: just game plan. And I do think there is some some analytics underlying this, that running is just less efficient generally, even when teams are good at it, for the most part. And so they do try and lull you into running a little more than you maybe should. And that works against like 90% of the teams in football. It just doesn't work against San Francisco or Baltimore, if they happen to run into Baltimore, a team that can actually efficiently run at a very high level. This has been a packer problem forever. It was Dom Capers problem when they got beat by Colin Kaepernick um, and Russell Wilson when they were running more read option there and they just never seem to address it. So they've been better in spurts. They have a in they have a UDFA inside linebacker named Chris Barnes, who looks like he might actually be halfway decent, although small sample sizes apply and he's a little bit small. Um, But it's I mean, I'm not going to lie to you. It's still a problem they're They rank low on any metric you can point to. It's stopping the run. And there's no reason to think they're going to be better
2: on Sunday. <laughs> you know, Paul, the Packers always feel to me like a team. I, you know, this year they've, they've scored more than 30 points in all of their games. And we're talking about the defense right now, really. But they always feel to me like a team that puts up that great regular season record, that does a lot of things, and and that just doesn't doesn't have enough to get all the way through the playoffs and and, and get to a Super Bowl and and, and win the whole thing. It, am I right that, you know, this, this team sort of feels the same way?
3: So uh, I'm not going to say that the defense looks noticeably better, but there are some signs that it's a little better than the sort of top level metrics make it look. The one big one I'll tell you is we did some number crunching on this, and the Packers have played um, five and a half of their sixteen total quarters with uh, a ninety-five percent or better likelihood of winning the game. So they've had a ton of garbage time, and if you break down where they allow um, defensive lapses, it's almost entirely in garbage time. So by like EPA per play, they're one of the five best pass defenses in football uh, outside of garbage time. It's just they've had just a ton of it to deal with, and. Uh, if you break them down sort of on a person-by-person basis on the defense, Jair Alexander, who's their number one cornerback, is having a really good season. He's top 10 by football outsiders at guarding number one receivers. And their slot corner, Chandon Sullivan, is actually ranked third overall in slot defense. So uh, they have these this weird sort of stars and scrubs defense that can really look good or terrible on any given day, depending on the matchup. And I think that's the most important thing for them when they get to the playoffs is just avoiding those matchups that can really exploit the weaknesses, like, like running it down their throats um, and passing to running backs. If you saw the Saints game at all with Alvin Kamara just going crazy, um, that is a huge weakness for them, too. I would say their biggest single defensive weakness is tackling guys in front of them on short passes, which not a great matchup for
1: facing Tom Brady, so it could be a problem. You just basically answered my next question, which was if (laughs) if Bruce Arians called you up and says, how are we going to attack this Packer team? What would you what would you do? And it sounds like you're saying chuck it to the running backs and then make them tackle you, which they haven't been able to do. Pretty much that. And that's sort of the Tom Brady
3: emotive with how he's effective. The one thing if you do look at the Tampa Bay running backs, they haven't been great as receivers. Ronald Jones um, ranks pretty far down. The guy who has been good, who I'm, I'll frankly, I'll tell you, I didn't hear about him before this week is Scott Miller, <laughs> who mm-hmm. I, I think is the slot receiver based on how big he is. But yep, Scotty Miller, yeah. Scotty Miller's fourth in DVOA right now and looks, uh, well, he's a, Chandon's good. Um, if you use him sort of in that running back role, get him the ball in space, a la Kamara, a la that kind of player be a problem so um i wouldn't be surprised if he has a big game but yeah, i mean brady should um brady should be able to move the ball on them with underneath throws um the packers let you do it they they uh they'll take away deep stuff they'll cover um deep and outside throws but they'll let you have the middle and they'll let you take what you can get and that's brady's you know bread and butter forever so i, I expect this to be kind of a, a a shootout um which not surprising in any packer game this year if that's what they all are
2: hey last thing from me and and really uh, stats, you can uh, you can chime in on this one too. It this is really the the most important Buccaneers question of the week. Who believes that Tom Brady knew what down it was at the end of the game last week? <laughs> no way. He,
3: he absolutely did not. Because the, the one no thing we jam. know for sure about Tom Brady is that Tom Brady does not make Tom Brady look stupid. Um, <laughs> it, it does not doesn't matter what long game he might be thinking he might be playing. That's just not going to happen. If he could look stupid on a t-shirt in the future, he's not doing it.
1: You think Aaron Rodgers will forget what down it is? I do not. (laughs) Aaron would never do such a thing. Will he get rid of that mustache?
3: Uh, The mustache is weird. It's uh, terrible. I I don't know. He's got a weird style, too. I'll I'll say that for Aaron. I don't think he'll get rid of it. I think he likes um, looking a little off, looking a little strange. And he looks... um, I was watching some old games um, because we had the bye week and um, just doing some some work. And uh, he looks very babyish without it, so I think that might be part of it. Um, he hasn't. It's been a while since he hasn't had the mustache, so I don't know what he looks like now. But uh, I think it'll be around for a while, unfortunately.
1: Paul Noonan, thank you very much for the time. Acme Packing Company. Where can we find you on Twitter?
3: Um, at Badger Noonan on Twitter and. Uh, and around acne picking will all the time. I also have my own podcast called Reporting is Eligible, which you can find posted over at APC
1: as well. Thank you very much, sir. Thank you. Shame on me, Ed. I forgot to ask Paul Noonan to pick the game. Right now, our friends at DraftKings have it Packers minus one. Where do you go in this one?
2: I'm actually going, I'm going to go with the Bucks on this one. Uh, they're at home and, and the Bucks. I mean, they make me a little crazy because they're up and down lose their first game win three in a row they put up kind of a stinker last week so I'm not 100% sure what they are but I'm also looking at the Packers being undefeated and the Packers are not going to stay undefeated they're not going 16 and 0 and and I'm just looking at at Tampa Bay being at home and and I think this will be a good one for for Tampa Bay I think Tom Brady and his uh after his his little snafu at the end of the game last week I think he's going to he's going to be uh, motivated and, and I think this one goes to Tampa Bay.
1: This is like the angry old men game, right? Brady's going to be mad because he forgot what down it is, and Aaron Rodgers is mad because the Packers took Jordan Love. So I don't know if those cancel each other out or what. Um <laughs> I don't think that Green Bay's defense is as good as they've looked. I agree with Paul that maybe some of that yardage is garbage time, but anytime they've faced a somewhat reasonable offense, they've given up at least 30 points. So I'm going to actually take Tampa Bay in this one. I still think that they're going to get better every week because I think Tom is going to get more comfortable every week. Gronk is still trying to work his way back into shape. I think they're going to be better and better throughout the season, and I trust Brady in this spot more than I trust Aaron Rodgers just because – Brady's had more success than Aaron Rodgers, flat out. So I'm taking the older guy over the old guy. (laughs) Older over old. It's a bold strategy, I admit. (laughs) There you go. This game, Ed, that we're going to talk about now is one of my most interesting matchups of the week. It's Cleveland and Pittsburgh. And maybe at the beginning of the year, you looked at this game and you were like, I don't know, Steelers are going to roll over them. That is not the case right now. Cleveland has looked as good as anybody. Their ground game is legitimate. And Ben Roethlisberger looks fantastic. He looks healthy. This is maybe my favorite game of the entire week.
2: Could well be. Could well be. You know, I, anyone that's listened to the first couple of uh, of episodes of, of The Look Ahead here in the past few weeks knows that that I kind of look for these games that, that I, I want to call prove-it games. And, and for me... This is another one of those prove it games. You look at the Steelers. The Steelers are four and zero. Ben Roethlisberger looks, you know, he looks pretty good. He looks like he's still got enough in the tank to to win games to to be a a top level quarterback when he needs to be. This defense, there's no question in my mind that it's a terrific defense. T.J. Watt, Bud Dupree, all of that. You know, I saw them. I saw them, you know, against the Giants a few weeks ago and, and and they're good. There's no question about that. But the Steelers have beaten basically no one so far this year. And so so how much is, you know, what is their 4-0 record at this point? It, and you know, that's that's my question is is really what are they are you know? Are they? Are they? They've beaten. I was looking for it in my notes here. They've beaten the Giants. They've beaten the Broncos. They've beaten the Texans, and they've beaten the Eagles, with a combined record of three, fifteen, and one. So they've beaten nobody. They've proved nothing. And we talked about the Browns a week ago. The Browns have figured out what they are. They are the number one rushing team in the league. I think they rank number one in carries and number two in rushing yards. They know what they are. They run the ball down your throat and then they use Odell Beckham and and the other guys that they have to create big plays. Odell Beckham's not going to catch 100 passes this year, but he's making big plays every single week. And, and. Cleveland knows what it is, and right now, I I just I don't know what the Steelers are.
1: That is exactly what I was going to say about the Cleveland Browns. I've been saying it for multiple weeks. I was picking them in the Survivor pool for uh, the oddcast that I do with Brandon Lee Gowden here for the SB Nation NFL Show. I love them for all the reasons you just said. They finally figured it out. Baker Mayfield is not even playing great. He's playing okay, but it doesn't matter because they're so successful on the ground. And it also doesn't matter. I want to give some love to their defense, Ed, because their defense is complementing their offense very well. The Browns run the ball a ton. They don't give up a ton of rush yards. They're seventh in rush yards allowed. And this is the big one. They lead the NFL with 12 forced turnovers led by Miles Garrett. Remember him? He's been an absolute monster. He's second in the NFL in sacks. He's got three forced fumbles. That's tied for the league. And he has, he's one of four players that has 10 quarterback hits. So he's disrupting the opponent's passing game. They don't give up a ton of rush yards. Cleveland is co- playing complimentary football right now. I, oh, it's so hard to pick this game. I really like both sides, but I'm sort of edging towards Cleveland. I can't believe I'm going to say it. Oh, I'm going with the Browns on this one all the way.
2: And, you know, it's the one thing that, that you mentioned about turnovers is turnovers. You know, the whole takeaways thing from year to year, it's not necessarily s- sustainable. It changes, but. Within the course of a season, once a team starts to create those things, that also tends to avalanche. It just tends to become a thing where where they start to look for them. they start to happen, they start to kind of they they really want those things and 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 they they just seem to a team that that starts to create them early. Seems to be able to create them all year long. So and if you can create turnovers,
1: you're gonna win a lot of games. I totally agree with you. Year to year, you can't count on that, but there are just some years that for for whatever reason. I remember Jim Harbaugh once described it as like a bunch of olives in a jar. And sometimes when you take the first olive out, the rest of them all just fall out. And sometimes some years are like that. You just get all the turnovers. And that seems to be the case so far for Cleveland, who, by the way, they are getting three points in this game. You're taking the Browns and the points.
2: I'm taking the Browns and the points.
1: Can I throw a little wrench? This isn't necessarily about this matchup, but how much better would you feel about the Pittsburgh Steelers if they happened to sign Le'Veon Bell, who's now a free agent?
2: I don't think it would matter that much for this week, to be honest with you. At this point, it's, at this point, you know how ready is the guy going to be? How much of the playbook is he going to know? How much impact could the guy have two or three days after signing with a team? That's that's what I would wonder.
1: That's fair, but do you do you think it's a good idea for them beyond this game? Would you bring in Le'Veon Bell?
2: Honestly, I I don't know how much Le'Veon Bell has left in the tank. I don't think you know he's the the Le'Veon Bell of his first tour with with the Steelers a few years ago. That said, he's a terrific pass receiver. He can do some things, you know, running the ball, maybe not what he used to be able to do, but any I think any good team that's that's looking for, you know, for an extra weapon, for an extra guy to throw the ball to, for a guy to give them, you know, a few carries a game. Any of these good teams would be smart to think about it.
1: I agree with you. I think that Bell is, he's not the guy he was. I think he's better than the guy we've seen because I think Adam Gase is a complete train wreck with the Jets. I mean, look at Ryan Tannehill, who looks like a completely different player since getting away from Adam Gase. He depressed at Gase depresses people's production. So I wouldn't be surprised if Bell is better than what we've seen but if I were him, that's where I would look to go. Let me go back to Pittsburgh. I know the system already. I am familiar with the coach. I know Ben. I know I've been successful there. You know, let me put a little um, shine back on my name, so to speak, because he's going to have to sign another contract next year.
2: He, he never should
1: have left there in the first place. You're very right. Um. Okay, Ed. Uh, I'm not going to lie. This next game. I never thought we'd be talking about in a million years. I'm stunned that this was one of the top games of the week. But again, you vote on the games and we talk about them at SBNReacts on Twitter or SBNation.com reacts. And that's Bears and Panthers. The Bears are four and one. I keep talking bad about them every week, but they keep proving me wrong. And the Panthers look way better than I thought they were going to look with a new coach, no offseason. season. Eight of 11 starters on defense are new for Carolina, and they are not a pushover. Every week they're in games, and that's with Christian McCaffrey missing time.
2: You know, I had the same exact reaction. It's like, wow, we're going to talk about Bears and Panthers. (laughs) Who would have seen that coming?
1: Certainly, I certainly didn't. And it's interesting, both quarterbacks are kind of in the same boat. Like, Teddy Bridgewater is a guy that's had a bunch of injuries, He's played okay before the injuries. He's he's playing okay this year. Nick Foles has had his moments, obviously, with Philadelphia, but he's not really a guy that anybody believes in long-term. I feel like both quarterbacks are in similar spots here, and if I had to pick one, i trust more than the other. I think it's Nick Foles because I've seen, at least in some big spots, Nick Foles come through. Teddy Bridgewater has never blown me away with anything that he's done.
2: No, but... But Bridgewater is playing really, really well right now for Carolina. He's doing what they ask him to do. He's completing almost 75% of his passes. And I know that, you know, passer rating is whatever it is for a stat. His is a slightly over 100 at this point. He's he's doing what they need him to do. But I'm I'm with you when it comes to Carolina – and I know that that you know Matt Rule was the hot name as the head coach last off season, and and I know that that a lot of people thought he was going to go to the Giants, and and Carolina sort of snuck in and gave him so much money that the Giants just didn't didn't want to go there. But I never thought we'd see Carolina doing what they're doing right now, three and you know three and two at this point. I'm just I'm really surprised at how competitive they are. And, and and without McCaffrey, it's just stunning.
1: And to me, that's the sign of a good coach. First of all, a guy that can seemingly get everybody organized or at least improve as the season goes along with no offseason, which is incredibly impressive. And then your best offensive player, the guy you've built your whole system around, Christian McCaffrey gets hurt and Mike Davis comes in. And I know Mike Davis. He's a former 49er. I, so I'm familiar with him. He's been great. I think he like leads the league in broken tackles. He's, he's been exactly what they needed so they can still kind of run their offense in part the way they envision. And to me, that all points to Matt rule being a much better head coach than I thought he was going to be coming in.
2: I figured he would be a good head coach. I figured he would get things right in Carolina. Eventually. I just didn't see it coming this quickly. Uh, you know, but again, these are these are two teams that that I'm still I'm still trying to figure out if what we see is real. Are the Bears really you know a four and one team that's that's on its way to winning ten or eleven games? Are the Panthers really you know as good as 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 what we've seen the last few weeks? So so again, I'm. I'm on the fence as to how to as to as to how to pick this one, Rob. What, what do you what are you uh, what do you think?
1: Carolina is giving one and a half points, which to me is basically a pick Like when I look at that, I just say, all right, who do I think is going to win the game? I have to go to Chicago. I keep putting them down. I feel bad because they keep winning and I keep saying it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Like at some point, it has to start to change my mind. Now they know they've beaten the Lions, the Giants, the Falcons, and the Bucks. So it's not exactly a ton of quality teams, but they played the Colts tough. It was 19 to 11 against the Colts. It wasn't a blowout. I-, I have to side with Foles in this one because I like him better than Teddy Bridgewater. I think the Bears defense is a little bit better than I expected going into. So give me the Foles slash defense combination, and I'll go the Bears in a close game. But I will, uh, I will take the points, and I will take the Bears.
2: Yeah, I think I'm going to go the same way on this one. I just I'm not ready to anoint, you know, the Panthers as some sort of a juggernaut at this point. And I I just think that that they're still a developing growing team that's going to have some ups and downs. And and I, I they've won 3 in a row. And you just wonder how long that, especially without McCaffrey, how long that that sort of magic is going to last for them. So i'll I'll take the bears here. You know, the bears aren't aren't an exciting team. And I'm not sure I believe one hundred percent in them either, but but this week i'll I'll take them to to win this one
1: all right. Now we've le- reached my least favorite part of the show. This is Dealer's Choice. This is where we actually decide for ourselves which game we want to talk about instead of listening to you on the SB Nation Reacts. Last week it was my choice. So that means you're behind the wheel this week, Ed. Please don't drive us into a bridge embankment.
2: <laughs> well, I don't know what you're going to think of, of my choice this week, stats. But, but this week we are going to talk about Rams at 49ers. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs>
1: You just want to see me
2: suffer? Well, you know, it's it's what I'm here for. It's what I'm here for is to watch you squirm, you know, and, and make you suffer and and make you complain. And I'll be honest, the two reasons I did this is one is this is the Sunday night game. It, it is a national game. And, and the other reason is I can't figure out what the heck is going on with, with the 49ers. And I really just wanted to get, you know, they're, they're two and three. They, they don't they look anything like the defending NFC champions. I mean, I just wanted to to get your take on, on what is going on with this team.
1: Well, they can't block anybody, but they make up for it by not being able to cover anybody. It's pretty much where it comes down to. They don't block at all. And all the offensive linemen are sitting there saying, well, you can't judge by Twitter and you don't know what what how the offensive line really works. And if you, this is my favorite. If you take away those two or three bad plays I had, I played pretty well. Like, yeah, dude, of course (laughs) the, the two or three bad plays are what separates the good teams from the bad teams every week. So it's just very frustrating for me right now. It's clearly, you can tell by the sound of my voice. It's frustrating because number one, they seem like they should be better because that was the strength of their team last year. But also they gave up a ton of yards last week because they had a practice squad cornerback out there against Devontae Parker in one-on-one coverage. That's a terrible coaching move. That's putting your players not in a position to succeed. That's doing the complete opposite and putting them in a position to fail. And they didn't take him out. It took four possessions for them to take him out of the game. And by then it was 28 to seven. The game was over.
2: And any other thing I've got to ask you is, I mean, Do the 49ers have a quarterback? Do they have
1: anybody that can play quarterback? (laughs) Can anybody here play this game? Um, (laughs) My answer to that is they have a guy at quarterback in Jimmy Garoppolo. He's not terrible, but everything's got to go right. There can't be a pebble in the machine. He's also a little banged up right now, and he doesn't have the mobility or the arm talent to be able to make up for either bad coaching calls or bad physical play on the field. And so that's what you're seeing this year. You're seeing he can look really, really bad if he doesn't have the help around him. And there's no guaranteed money in that contract left. I think the cap hit is like $3 million if they were to let him go after this season. And if you ask me right now, I think he's going to be playing for the New England Patriots next season because I think the 49ers are going to cut him, and they're going to look to either draft a quarterback Or bring in somebody from the outside because I think Jimmy G's days in San Francisco are numbered. Wow. Wow. Jimmy G
2: out, out in San Fran. We'll see. uh, We'll see if, uh, we'll see how good you are at those, at those uh, long range predictions there stats, but. uh,
1: You'll only ever hear about it again if it's right.
2: If it's wrong, (laughs) I'll never speak of it. There you go. But see, that's the way to do these things is just, you know. just just don't mention it again if if you're wrong about it but uh you know unfortunately you know like on my website when i'm wrong about things they keep coming up like five and six years later they still manage somebody still manages to 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 sneak them into a comment somewhere about something and so it's like once you put it down on paper it just never seems to go away
1: well that's why i'm only speaking it into the microphone I won't put it on. Well, actually, I did tweet it out earlier today, so I guess I am kind of in trouble there. Uh, Speaking of in trouble, the 49ers can't block, Ed, and guess who's coming to town? Aaron Aaron Donald Donald. and the Rams. There Uh, you go. Not only do I think the 49ers are going to lose this game, I think they're going to get humiliated in this game. Sean McVay seems to be back, you know, rolling with the play calling. Goff looks better. They're moving the ball on the ground, which is something that you really need for McVay's offense to function. I think they're going to... Squash the 49ers and it's going to be
2: bad. I don't know if it's going to be bad, but I'm also picking the Rams this week. And, and, and it, I didn't take notes as we went all the way through, but if I'm not mistaken, I think that means we agree on every game this week. And, and, and that's just
1: sad. <laughs> <laughs> we don't plan this out too. I just, I don't understand how it's, I think there's only been like two or three games this whole year that we've disagreed on. Um, but I mean, with this game, I don't think you could look at it any other way. What have the 49ers shown you at all this year that gives you any confidence they're going to be able to do anything against the Rams? Well, they beat the Giants. Wow. <laughs> Who hasn't? <laughs> I mean, Daniel Jones hasn't thrown a touchdown pass since week one. How is that possible, Ed?
2: I don't even know. I don't even know how that's possible, to be honest with you. In this day and age in the NFL, I don't know how it's possible You know, to go – three or four weeks without throwing a touchdown
1: pass. So there you have it. We both agree. We're taking Kansas city minus four. We like Tampa Bay plus one over the Packers. I believe we both took Cleveland against the Steelers getting the points. Yes, we did. And we both like Chicago against Carolina, which that's the one I'm most nervous about. Cause that's the game I have the least good feeling about, but, and then we both take a, the Rams minus three and a half against the 49ers, which you could make it 12 and a half. I would still take the Rams.
2: Hey, you know, folks, when you when you go to SB Nation reacts this week and, and pick some games, you know, pick some games we'll disagree about next week. <laughs> would you
1: please? <laughs> Again, SB reacts to vote. And by the way, please rate, review and subscribe to the SB Nation NFL podcast. If you leave a review and you leave a question in there, we will answer it on the air, especially if you're mean to Ed. I love those. So please <laughs> throw oh. it in there. I promise you we'll read it. Oh,
2: come on. I get enough. I get enough people being mean to me on my own website. I got it now I gotta, now I gotta <laughs> deal with it here.
1: Wait, you mean Giants fans can be mean? No.
2: <laughs> did you did you forget where most of them live?
1: Oh wow, that's where you <laughs> took it. Okay, well, I know where we oh. won't gain a lot of listeners this week. <laughs> mm-hmm. oh. but that's going to do it for us. Thank you very much for listening. Like I said, please rate, review, and subscribe. Normally I say enjoy the game tonight. No Thursday night game. So uh, enjoy the games on Sunday and Monday, and we'll talk to you next week.